Welcome to Fire Headlines, where we discuss the hottest fire news to hit within the last two weeks. I'm your host, Inanna Hankey, and I'm joined today by the panel, Chief Bob Horton and Chief Jeff Buchanan. I am especially excited about our topic today, which is biophilic design incorporated into fire stations to reduce PTSD in firefighters. Now, what exactly is biophilic design, you might ask? Essentially, it's using design principles that draw from the natural world to incorporate natural textures and colors into a built space, which is shown to have a positive impact on mental well-being. A fire station in Marion, Iowa, has been designed using a sustainability consultant's 14 biophilic principles to reduce PTSD in firefighters. The motivation for this was essentially for firefighters to calm down more effectively after coming back from a stressful operation. This is so exciting for me as someone who grew up around a lot of design folks. My family is all artistic, but I've got, I suppose, a philosophical question for you, Bob, about this article, which is what is the role of beauty in the fire service or really any profession? Thank you for that background, because I wasn't entirely sure how to pronounce the word, let alone what uh, biophilic design really meant. So I appreciate you unpacking the, this background for us. There was a time in my career where I would have rolled my eyes at a story like this, to be, to be honest. Uh, that day is not today. Today, I am excited about an article like this, and it's, it's both between my maturity as a professional in this space, my own awareness of the mental health issues that I suffered as a professional in this, in this field, um, but also the recognition that our industry is taking this incredibly seriously and that there are ways to help us build resilience in our firefighters, and I really applaud this effort going on in this community to take what you explained, you know, in design and, and the best of science and incorporate it to help try to reduce, if not eliminate, uh, a challenge that our fire service professionals um, are having. We talk a lot about this. We've talked about it on our show about resources for firefighters who are having mental challenges or post-traumatic stress. And we, we talk about what things that stand out to us as being very obvious uh, as far as how to downstream, you know, after somebody's already having challenges, like how do we, how do we help them? How do we intervene? Because that's what we know we're good at as responders is we intervene after the fact. And what we are getting better at through an ideology of risk reduction is getting way upstream of these issues. Like responding is, is too late. And this is a community's effort to say, we want to be ahead. We want to prevent. We want to reduce exposure in a way that probably most of us, certainly firefighters, have never given thought to. Station design has to be intentional. There has to be deliberate effort in how we're organizing uh, our structure and our infrastructure around all of our initiatives of the fire service. We're here, we're talking about mental health and, and prevention, but in other articles, we've talked about diversity, equity, inclusion, and how we're designing a fire station to be inclusive. And it does matter. It does matter in how it's designed and, and safe cancer uh, protections as well, where our turnouts are being kept, what our ventilation systems look like, et cetera. At the stage of, of the career that I'm having this conversation with us on this panel, I think the beauty of the station design more than just aesthetics, but the practicality of this design is incredibly important. 
And I am uh, really excited to see uh, leaders in this space, both from the design world who brought this to this fire community or this city and uh, the fight, the leadership making these investments in what I could see other station design conversations not going well, like, wait, we're going to put a water feature in, right, this kind of thing. Like, I, I can hear those conversations still occurring. Uh, I'm grateful it didn't happen in this place, and I hope this thing catches on. And Anna, I'd like to take a, a stab at that with a slight reframe. Can I do that? Absolutely. Okay. So you asked Bob, how does beauty play a role in the fire service? And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tweak that just a skosh. I'm going to say or give this comparison. In so many different avenues, we look for professionalism. In job interviews, many times the required attire is a suit so you can project professionalism. We look for physicians to look a certain way. We look for business people to look a certain way, elected officials. I could go on. Let's talk about the projections of the military or police officers and being unkempt or you know not having a good outward appearance can project uh, a lack of confidence. And so where, where I'm going with this is in the fire service, firefighters in particular are I have not run into many firefighters that don't keep their fire apparatus in pristine condition. They, the, the outward appearance projects confidence and it gives the community a sense of safety. And so to that end, I would say in the fire service, it's very, very, very important. I dovetail into what we're talking about here with, with this design. First of all, let me just say is completely eye-catching. And the architecture projects a level of, to me, professionalism that I think is a, is a, is a huge sense of security. And it, it shows that there is a tremendous investment into emergency response, into these firefighters, which ultimately relates to the community. And I think that that should instill a tremendous sense of confidence for these residents. Now, certainly the the the, the contrary point of view could be, you know, the cost and, and all these other things. But to me, that says, okay, this is a community that soundly is placing a strong investment into, into public safety. And I like that. Now, where it gets into the, the nuts and bolts of, of this, first, let me just say, amen, biophilia, biophilic. I had never heard of these things either. My gosh, I'm like, never heard of it. And so appreciate the definition on the front end. I didn't have a clue on, on what this was. But what I love about it in this age of so much psychological, emotional, and behavioral health injury in public safety, particularly for those that are in the fire uh, firefighters, um, I love it because it's a new approach. We got to keep coming at this from a different perspective. We have to keep trying to build resiliency in our firefighters. I hate to repeat the statistic, but it's it keeps coming up true. More suicides than firefighter line of duty deaths. It's on the same side as the police officers. It's no good. It's crushing the fire services, crushing the police, law enforcement. It's crushing communities. And so I love the forward thinking. I love the investment. 
And I don't know if it's going to work, but this community can say we are taking a smart and scientific approach to something that we think can work. And what I'm hoping is that it does and that there'll be some data and there'll be some analysis that comes from it that more will follow these trailblazers paths. So I, I love it. I love the, the projection overall, the investment. I love, uh, we got to keep looking for, for new ways to build the resilience of firefighters because there's just, there's, there's too many out there that are hurting and uh, I just love it. There's one point that I think is worth teasing out a little bit here, just based on some of the things you were saying and also some other perspectives that I've heard about the role of fire brick and mortar of fire department and firehouses in being kind of a sort of a bastion of safety for the community. And I've heard this in regards to, you know, do people feel safe when they see or go to a firehouse? And also on the flip side of that, are our firefighters safe? Like, is this because, you know, we've seen these stories about firefighters having kind of experiencing more attacks, which is just something I wish we didn't have to talk about at all. And so uh, an opinion that I heard was that this open concept design where we have all this light and you can really see into the firehouse, does that present a safety risk for one? And I think that that's a valid point. But at the same time, I also feel like, as you said, professionalism, confidence, and transparency inspires perhaps a kind of reverence and greater respect. And honestly, I think, you know, as a community member, I would feel safer and happier and more confident if I could see a little bit more about what was happening inside of the firehouse. And I would feel more connected from my end as well. What are your thoughts about that? First of all, I love that perspective. And that's, you know, just such a valuable point of view that I don't think would, I love the fact that you teased it out. So I love it. I think you're right. I think that there are some firefighters that may get a little unease at you know, all the windows and the potential to to kind of see in and out. But I think for the most part, at least the way a lot of fire stations are constructed, that that would just be a portion of the fire station. And I think that firefighters, by uh, by large extent, buy into this community feeling of the building that is also their home for 24, 48 hours, whatever their shift is. So I think most of them understand that to the extent that they know that this is a community asset, not just their home, and they can see see the value. But I, I, I can appreciate where some firefighters that might not see it through that lens, but I agree. I think that it does instill confidence in the community. And let's be honest, one of the things we're still not doing a good job of in the fire industry is sharing what we do, what we're all about. And that that hurts us. We need to have more people understanding what the fire service is and what the fire service does. And here's the weird part. It's less about actually fighting fire, which is that that's a problem because our marketing is is backwards. And so I, I think the more people can see in either figuratively or literally like what we're talking about to what the fire service is, what they are doing and what they're going to do in the future, the better off we're all going to be. Yeah, I agree with Jeff. Uh, my philosophy really has always been it's the it's the people's house. You know, the fire stations are, it can, you know, library, schools, fire stations. These are pillars of of infrastructure in a community to be shared. 
right, to be shared with the community. And I'll sure. you know, readily, readily acknowledge, you know, sleeping quarters are, are off limits in terms of public accessibility, but the rest of that fire station should feel open to the community to come by. And uh, I think we should embrace that. And I think you do a great job of highlighting some of the trade-offs because there's always trade-offs and decisions to be made that if, if natural lighting is, you know, is preferred. It may come as a trade-off of some level of safety and security. Um, I'm one person who, you know, worked in a couple different communities and never felt unsafe in a, in a fire station. Although I, I want to give a credence to those who, who do, or who work in very rough areas and high crime areas where maybe this wouldn't be the smartest, you know, strategy because it may put you at, at a higher level of anxiety for fear that something may, uh, may happen. Uh, but on the other hand, I, you know, not a lot of us want to live in what feels like a, an institution, you know, a concrete institution. So, yeah, there is a trade-off, but all in all, you know, this is a, the community's building. Absolutely. I don't know about you, but I certainly feel like my humanity has been degraded a little bit if I've spent more than four hours indoors surrounded by beige blank walls and under fluorescent lights. <laughs> like, I think most people can relate to feeling a little bit depressed or uninspired if you're, I mean, if your environment doesn't support you in the ways that you need it to. I don't think people realize just how much our environment shapes us really. Like, how do we go about our days and, you know, the containers essentially that society has set up for us. I know that's getting a little bit heady, but I could go on and on. <laughs> about the design I, principles behind all this. I think that is some incredible wisdom and I you know have learned to appreciate everything you just unpacked at, at, as my advancing maturing age uh, that I wish would have been presented to me in a fashion I would have uh, one understood and to appreciated back uh, when I started in the career in my early 20s uh, because I agree with everything that you said about the environment. I, heck, we're, we're recording this this particular episode of the show. I'm out on the back deck of my parents' house on the coast of Oregon, taking in the beautiful nature on a sunny 66-degree day in Oregon, listening to the ocean in, in the background. So I more than now ever can appreciate the environment weighing in on, on one, how I feel, and then two, how I, how I act and react. And the rest of us are imprisoned by beige walls. I'm looking at all these beige walls. <laughs> We got to get out of here. It's time to go. It's time to go outside, Jeff. <laughs> got to get out. Well, especially in the case for folks who have extremely stressful jobs, I think anything that promotes a sense of calm and well-being is is worth looking into and possibly in implementing if the resources are available to do so. If you want to ask any questions about our podcast, you can contact us at fireheadlines at wfca.com. If you have a question, if you have insights, we would love to hear from you. Bob, Jeff, it's always a pleasure. Thank you both so much. And thank you to our listeners. And we'll catch you all next week for more Fire Headlines. 